Hey friend, what's up? My name is Christy and welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary, the Storyteller Series. So I don't know about you, but I love learning about people and really life in general through other people's stories. And I think it's total BS that we have celebrities and entrepreneurs that are everywhere telling us stories about their lives. There are plenty of people just like you and me that have stories worthy of telling. And I think talking to people like you and me make the stories more relatable and really more impactful. So the Storyteller Series is a space for you and people like you and me to share their story or at least one of them, because we all have so many freaking stories that make up who we are. So prepare to be encouraged, inspired, moved, or entertained, or, you know, maybe all of the above. So uh, let's get this party started, shall we? Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Storytellers series. On today's episode, I am chatting with Annalise Williams. So I met Annalise, as I've met most of my guests, via Instagram. And I started following her. I'm not really sure how. (laughs) I don't know if any of us actually remember how we start following a lot of people. Um, But I think I started following her via something that maybe Vivian Wu, who was the hypnotherapist that I've worked with a couple of times and also had on the podcast, I think maybe she shared something of Annalise's and it intrigued me enough to have me start following Annalise myself. And Annalise is a Reiki master. So if you are not familiar with Reiki, um, I think the common terminology that most of us are familiar with is energy healing. And I had done one Reiki session probably a year-ish or so ago. Um, I was just really getting into my healing journey and figured, you know what? This sounds interesting. I'm going to give it a try. And the session was in this park in San Diego and it was interesting. Um, it was an hour long session and I really wasn't sure what to expect, but I didn't want to really know what to expect going in. I just was like, I'm just here for this experience. And if it helps me in some way, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's okay too, because I'm going in with kind of no expectations because I had no idea what to expect. How many times have I said expect or expectations? Hopefully you're not taking shots. Um, Yeah. Anywho, I left that session and right before I left, she kind of gave me this debrief on, on what she experienced or felt, or I guess channeled. Um, And some of the things that she said were, were really like spot on. Um, One of the things that, that I vividly remember is she said, you know, I see this, this ball, like this beach ball or this kid's ball, just bouncing around, having fun. And there are all these people I'm getting goosebumps right now, all of these people with pins and they're poking the ball and they're basically trying to deflate the ball and it's playfulness and it's joyfulness. And the ball is representative of you. And the people with the pins are all the people in your life that 
you feel don't appreciate your, your joy or try to steal your joy. And that is very much how I feel about really my life now and my entire life. Um, up till now, I feel like there are just those people that I guess don't like me the way I am and try to kind of stifle that side of me. And that just really hit me. And she mentioned a few other things that I really can't remember now, but that's the one thing that I really remember very clearly. And then she had also said um, that she was feeling just like a lot of kind of like pent up like energy from me. And so she had um, basically given me something to cry or something along those lines. I'm not articulating this experience very well. And then she said, I keep hearing this song. And it was this song from Taylor Swift. And I never heard it before. And so she said, play this song on your way home. And I think the song was, oh my gosh, about heartbreak or something along those lines, a relationship not living up to expectations. There's that word again. Um, And just, you know, I, I feel like that's pretty much how all of Taylor Swift's songs are. But again, I'd never heard, even heard of that song. And when I listened to it, I just started bawling and I listened to it over the course of my drive home. And so the song played for about three or four, um, played three or four times and I felt better. I I feel like crying is very cleansing. It's an, it's an energy release. I know all of that sounds very woo woo, but I mean, there, there is science behind why you feel better after you cry. And you could probably listen to the Huberman lab podcast and he could tell you all about that. But, um, I just was kind of like tripping out on that experience and I wanted to go back, but I just didn't have an opportunity to do that. And I can't really say that it impacted me, you know, from a long-term perspective, but in that moment I felt better. And just during that session, I just felt relaxed. And I think that was partly because I was in a park, I was lying on like a massage table type thing. And I was able to be still, and I'm very rarely able to be still. So I think all of that kind of contributed to my overall experience. And so I started following Annalise. And one of the things that I really love is that she does these, these daily stories and she has this, this crystal. And sometimes that story that 15 seconds is my only time of peace and serenity in my day where I feel like I can actually breathe. And she, she had, um, why am I blanking right now? (laughs) She had a drawing, like a raffle for a free Reiki session. And I entered and I won. And so I had a session with her and, um, it was very different than my experience, you know, where it was in person. So as you'll hear about her sessions are remote, so they're done via the computer. 
And I just felt more connected to her. And maybe it was because we did have somewhat of a, of a relationship established, but the insights that she shared were very interesting to me because a lot of what she shared, she couldn't have really known about. It wasn't, it it wasn't things that I had shared with her. Um, And I did feel different after that. Like I just felt lighter. I felt less burdened, I guess, less heavy. And, you know, thinking I'm like, I probably need to do another session um, because I just, I felt better. And I know that Reiki may not be for everyone, um, but if it's something that you're curious about, I'm glad you're here and I encourage you to keep listening. I also want to give you a heads up that in this episode, we also talk about generational trauma. We talk about being trauma survivors. We talk about how trauma impacts you in ways that you're aware of and in ways that you're not aware of at a conscious level. And Annalise's story is a bit unique. Um, I remember when she first told me some of these things, I was just taken aback because what makes up part of her story isn't something that, um, I, it wasn't anything that anyone that I had known had personally experienced. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so, you know, there is some heavy stuff in this episode, so I want to give you a heads up. Um, but it's, it's such a good conversation. And, um, like I said, if, if you're curious about Reiki, if you can handle some heavy stuff, at least initially, then I encourage you to keep listening. I'm super, super thankful to have you on. I'm super stoked to be here. I'm like, it's it's been it's been a long time coming. Like when I actually, I don't know, like stop paying attention to the squirrels in my in my universe and was like, I need to send her a message and invite her on. You'd been on my mind for such a long time because I worked with Vivian, Vivian Wu, and I feel like, I don't know if you've worked with her, but I know she's someone that at least we have in common. And based I have on worked ex- with her. Okay. She's like, so like, mm-hmm. she's so amazing. I love her. So powerful. Yeah. She, for me, like has like this very calming quality on me. Like you do. Like, I feel like I'm just, like I told you earlier, like this kind of like spaz sometimes. And it's just <laughs> when I interact with you, it kind of takes me down a couple of notches and just like Vivian too. It's like, it's so noisy here. It's just, it makes me feel like more at peace. So you guys are just oh, both amazing. Good. Well, that's hopefully, you know, my whole goal with everything I do is to help people feel more peace. So wonderful. You're successful at it. So, so, um, for those of you listening, I have worked with Annalise before I am new to the world of Reiki and 
I was just like, you know what? Like I've heard about this, like why not give it a shot? And I actually had one Reiki session with someone that was local. It was an in-person Reiki session. And I remember listening to the song that the the Reiki, um, do you refer to yourselves as therapists? Like what is the official like? So it depends on your level of training. Um, you can be a Reiki practitioner at level one or two, but I'm um, a level three, which is a Reiki master. So you can okay. just say Reiki master. Okay. So Reiki master. Um, but this person had mentioned this song to me and when I drove home, I listened to the song and I was just bawling. And I was like, like Mel B on America's Got Talent. I was like, what just happened? I was like, what is going on? And I was just bawling and I kept listening to the song. And I just figured like whatever energy, like any emotion I needed to get out, like that's how I needed to just release it. But I think it really opened me up to, hey, like maybe this is something I should be exploring more and just be open to. And so I had started following you on Instagram. And as I shared with you earlier, you know, you have those those daily stories with the crystal. And it's like sometimes my only like 15 seconds of like peace and serenity. And I reached out, I think I had won a contest or something for like a, a session. And I think that's how you and I had yeah, actually I think you away. worked together. And just after experiencing the, the technology issues, <laughs> after working through those, um, which that I That was wild. It, and you had that said right, like that that hadn't <laughs> happened to you before. I had nope, that had never happened to me in a Reiki session. Um, when I'm working with very intuitive people or people that I have like a personal connection with, um, sometimes the technology goes a little haywire. Um, but with you, it was really extreme, and the Zoom just completely closed out by itself. Um, so that means you've got some really powerful intuition that's waiting to burst out of you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I think I shared with you that that had also happened at the end of my very first session with Vivian, because that was virtual too. And I remember like my eyes were closed and it got completely quiet. And I felt like Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that where like she has her eyes closed and Freddie Prince Jr. is going in to kiss her. And she's like, Zach. Zach, like I was like, Vivian, Vivian, <laughs> just whenever I think of that moment, that's just, Ooh, I love that movie. and, and she was just like, yeah. Just, yeah, she's like that, that doesn't happen very often. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I just know that like the experience that I had with you and just what you shared with me, I was like, this isn't BS. You know, the insights that you had just in terms of me, I was like, there's no way she could have known or sensed some of these things, like if this wasn't actually legit. And so, you know, I'm coming from, I guess, kind of like a, a, a newbie perspective because I want to share this with other people. And I think you're an amazing person to work with. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Um, and I definitely, you know, want to get into the Reiki, but I would love to just know more about you so that, you know, also whomever is listening, like, is like, yeah, I know who she's talking to. 
Yeah, so I'll just start by going off of what you were saying. Um, before I tried Reiki, I thought it was complete BS. I thought it was fake. <laughs> I thought it was just people playing pretend and um, that it was kind of dumb and silly and rolled my eyes at it. Um, but when I felt it for the first time, it was the most powerful experience of my life. And now it is my career. Um, so <laughs> today um, I want to share with you my journey and how I got there and how I found Reiki and how it's helped me. Um, so I will um, walk through the timeline of my life. Um, my story is one that has lots of trauma, um, but it all has lots of hope. Um, so if you are right now um, in a position where you can't take on any kind of heavy information, um, maybe pause this podcast, save it for another day. Um, but just know that it starts out pretty dark, um, but it does end with lots of hope. Um, so I am a former mental health counselor. Um, I'm a current um, Reiki master. I am also a certified yoga teacher. I've got some training in trauma-sensitive yoga, um, and I'm also a proud trauma survivor. Um, so my trauma story actually starts before I was even born. So about two years before I was born, um, something really bad happened to my family. Um, my mother's sister, so my aunt and her two young children, who were five and seven years old, they were murdered. Um, my aunt was also pregnant at the time. Oh um, so this was before I was born. Um, this was a really brutal murder. Um, their murderer was a complete stranger who broke into their home um, just simply with the goal to harm them and kill them, which he did. Um, he has been clinically diagnosed as a psychopath. Um, before he ended up killing my family, he um, was committing crimes in other houses and was actually living in the walls of someone else's house and terrorizing them. What? Um, oh yes. Gosh. He is very smart, very psycho. Um, it's a very popular true crime story. There are lots of podcasts about it. Um, there's an invested investigation discovery episode about it um there are recently i saw um the murderer popped up in a buzzfeed article um so this is kind of like the real deal <laughs> true yeah. crime crazy psycho and i don't use the words crazy and psycho lightly yeah um so this is like a real psychopath just random murders um, so this was my mother's sister and my mother's niece and nephew. Um, and so this happened about two years before I was born. Um, so when this all happened, the murderer was given three life sentences um, and without parole. So basically, he's put away for life, you know, kind of it's over. You can put it behind us, don't need to worry about it kind of thing. Um, but obviously, the impact of the trauma from 
knowing what happened was really severe on my family. Um, and especially my mom, because it was her sister who was killed. Um, so that happening um, about a year and a half before I was conceived and being formed in my mother's womb. Um, so I really believe that the trauma that she was dealing with from going through all of this um, really impacted me um, genetically and how my body formed. Um, I have had a lot of stomach issues since I was really, really young, unusually young. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very common um, in trauma. A lot of the physical results of emotional trauma can manifest as stomach and gut issues. So if you have stomach and gut issues, maybe look at what kind of trauma was happening there. Um, so i was diagnosed with acid reflux disease um, in preschool which was really unusual i had um, my gallbladder removed at 23 years old which was unusually young as well um so i've had a lot of like physical issues i believe from the trauma of what was happening um and this just really goes to show like (laughs) the ripple effect my whole life is basically the ripple effect of trauma. Um, so aside from physical issues, obviously this had a lot of severe um, emotional impacts on my mother and um, her ability to be a mother and be a healthy mother. Um, there was obviously a lot of fear in free just day-to-day life. Of course. Um, you know, fear that there could be some psycho around the corner waiting to grab you, um, that bad things happen to good people at any moment, um, and that, you know, your life can be taken away in a split second. Um, and so there was a lot of sheltering. I was very sheltered. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of the things my friends were allowed to do. Um, One of the things that also happens with trauma is perfectionism. Um, So I was raised with lots of perfectionistic perfectionistic tendencies. Sometimes I have to like Um, really pause and (laughs) enunciate too. Yes, I have to be perfect about the perfectionism. Getting real meta here. Irony there. (laughs) So lots of perfectionism. I can remember being in fifth grade and um, getting all straight A's and getting a B. And in fifth grade, I can remember thinking, how can my parents love me? I probably shouldn't be alive. Oh, my God. In fifth grade for getting a B in math class. Uh, um, that, like, hurts my heart. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, Annalise. Um, I also eventually, you know, in my early teenage years, developed an eating disorder um, that was really intense at times. Um, And I just, um, I felt like my place in the world was less than others. I felt like my place in the world was a role of service, kind of like life is a banquet and I'm the wait staff. And like my purpose was to make sure everyone else is set and happy. Um, 
And since my mom was kind of emotionally chaotic all the time, we actually realized um, when I was 25 that she had been going, you know, this time with undiagnosed PTSD as well as undiagnosed ADHD. Okay. Um, so pairing ADHD with trauma. Ooh, oh my that's gosh. A, I just can't combo. even imagine because I, I know what they each are separately and then to mm-hmm. combine them. Oh my gosh. Like, I just, I just wish I could give you a hug. Like, <laughs> thank oh, you. I'm, oh my gosh. I feel it. So lots of perfectionism and I really had no self-worth. Um, I hated myself. I wasn't happy. I thought that happiness was just something that was meant for other people, not me. Um, and that my role in the world was to serve other people and help other people feel better and feel calm in the chaos, um, which is probably why I do that as a career now. That's, that's exactly um, what I was thinking. I'm like, that's so <laughs> interesting because that's that's how I feel like when I interact mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you just give me this sense of peace, but I, I feel like just knowing that I'm older than you, um, but just being a mom, like, like my heart just goes out to you for everything that you felt as a kid and the support that you needed that you weren't able to get, like, understandably so, you know, I mean, like, I can't even, I can't even imagine what your mom went through, but I just, I just feel for you. Like, thank you. I thank you. Wish I could go back. It's really nice to hear that and have that validation because there is a lot of gaslighting. I'm an only child. So there's no one to back me up when I, you know, blow the whistle or say, this isn't right, you know? Um, and I can remember, um, I also grew up doing synchronized swimming, which also had oh. huge. That's um, awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's true. But I get, I, I get the um, whole perfectionism thing. But the experience, it was kind of like Dance Moms. If you've ever seen the show Dance Moms. I, um, I have not, was, but I. It was like that. I know it. Yes. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the first half of my life was really just like, I was empty. I was an empty robot like just following the programming of that everyone else wanted me to do to make everyone else happy. I was completely dissociated as a teenager. That's that's what I was going to ask you is like, did you just feel like, okay, like this is just what I have to do. Like, this is what these people want me to do. And this is just my job to do it and not, not exactly not be my own person Exactly. I believe that I was inherently less valuable than the general population. I'm so sorry. I honestly believe that. And to hear myself say that now, like it's silly, um, but I really honestly believed it, that I was less than everyone else and I didn't deserve happiness, but everyone else did. Um, And it's so cool to know um, how I feel about myself now. Mm-hmm. And after all of this work that I've done, um, but it was really, it was really bad. It was really dark. If you told me as a teenager that I would be a happy adult, I wouldn't believe you. 
So just being unhappy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it is you were feeling, but I I'm thinking like, when I think of light, I think of happy, joy, funny, carefree. And when I think of dark, I just think like heavy, oppressed, um, sad, frustrated, angry, hurt. Like, you know, I mean, is what is it you were feeling back then? Nothing. I was numb. I was dissociated. I think I just, I stopped myself from feeling anything because the pain was too much to bear. So I just felt nothing. Like I literally, I don't even remember the majority of my teenagers because I was so, I was dissociated the whole time and just on autopilot taking orders. Um, that, and like I was, that hits for me because there is a period of my life. Um, I want to say between the ages of 12 and 15, I don't really remember much. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't pinpoint because I feel like I know my, my traumatic experiences ha- happened like when I was 14, but th- there was like mm-hmm. something ha- that happened between the ages of 12 and 15, aside from those where I, I, and it was nothing even remotely like what you're describing, but there was something where I just, that's the perfect way to describe it. It was like, I just yeah. disassociated and I was just numb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't remember hardly anything. Totally. Wow. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. And I'm sure yeah. there's more people listening. I'm sure to- there are, there definitely are. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty much my teenage years. Um, and then I went to college, um, just kind of like what I felt like I was planned for me before I was born, got a degree in psychology. Um, and then I was, um, kind of forced into going into grad school right away. Um, and can I, I, can, I being- can I go back to that? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. By forced? <laughs> okay. So, good question. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess another thing that comes with trauma is codependency. Um, and at that point in my life, I was so used to being numb and just doing what I was told and oh, doing what oh, my parents. Um, and you know, my parents have a need for control. That's a trauma thing too. Um, and you know they offered to pay for my education um but it had to be right away um and i wanted to take some time off to figure out what i really wanted to do maybe take the gres do more research um but it was basically now or never and if you don't do this you're basically going to be a scumbag it's kind of like what i felt like my whole life yeah yeah, yeah. it's very um transactional Mm-hmm. my life felt very transactional oh. like you're an investment we put all this into you what are you giving us back kind of thing that's what it felt like um so I had one option <laughs> one program to apply to in mental health counseling which I did it and I ended up loving it I loved the program I loved learning about it um I loved my internship um but that's when the harsh reality like hit me that 
learning this stuff in textbooks and learning about the way that things should be and then seeing that they're not happening that way in real life was such a mind fuck. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> you can absolutely say that. My show is marked as explicit. <laughs> so it's okay. totally fine. Okay. Can we, I, I appreciate that. And I just want to say, Annalise, like I, it reminds me of, oh my God, what is that song? Savage Garden. Like I knew I loved you before I met you. <laughs> like not in this <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I, yeah. I love you so much. Like you are such an amazing soul. And I'm just, I'm just blown away by your strength, by you your haven't courage. even gotten to the good part yet. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just like, thank you, though, thank you, thank you. what was it with, with you being numb? What was it? And as I say that, I think of like the Lincoln Park song. It's like blurring and it's like just <laughs> in my mind. I told you I'm random. I, I listened to a lot of Lincoln Park as a teenager, by the way, Lincoln, which Lincoln and a lot of like dark, heavy yeah. music. I was like, no one understands my soul. It, it helps you like, get yes. out that yes. that piece. Like I, I was chatting with someone, you know, and I'm like, we're we're, we're multifaceted. We're multidimensional. We have all of these different emotions and music. It just I can be listening to Celine Dion and I'm like romantic and I'm like, Rose, why didn't you scoot over? And then, you know, and then I'll hear Lincoln <laughs> Park and it's like, Rah! so what was it? Because, you know, like I said, you, you describe yourself as just being numb and disassociated. So what was it that kind of said, Hey, this is, this would be an interesting thing to study. Let, let's explore this. Like, what was that? Because, like, to me, if you're, like, disassociated, um, like, I mean, I guess <laughs> I wanted to understand why I felt so fucked okay. up. I, I, <laughs> and, I, that, you know, from the outside looking in, I've had, I know, and I do come um, from a position of a lot of privilege. To be honest, that really wasn't, like, a choice <laughs> for okay. me. I mean, I guess I, I, the choice in it was picking, like, the subject, but, like... It was decided for me before I was born that I was going to get a master's degree or hopefully a PhD. It was kind of a a big scandal that I turned down um, their offer to go get a PhD um, because I need a fucking break. I, I, I went to community college and I can't even imagine like the, the, just like like my master's program was three years long and that's long for master's program. And I was just like, I no. It's typically like two, right? Is it two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I ended up loving the subject matter and loving the meat and loving the, you know, research and the psychology. Um, but then um, what kind of changed things for me was after I graduated and I was looking for jobs and I was like going on interviews and I'm like, I'm not even excited about these jobs. Like they just seem awful. Um the pay was absolutely awful. The demand is absolutely insane. Were you looking for counseling jobs or what? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I am. Um, so right after I graduated, I was like, you know, doing the streamline thing, applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. I was going on interviews and I just like, I remember just getting a pit in my stomach and just being like, this isn't, this isn't it. 
And like when I was interning, my supervisor, you know, I saw she was working her ass off full time all week and then waitressing at night to make ends meet. Yeah. And that just never sat right with me. That just seemed so wrong. Um, And like, you know, the kind of life saving work that you're asking these people to do and you're not paying them a living wage. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous. And yeah. I've spent all this time and money on my education and you're not going to pay me enough to move out of my parents' house. Like, it's ridiculous. No, yeah. Um, so right around all this was happening, this was in 2015. I had just graduated. I was looking for jobs, but not really feeling them. And I was kind of like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Did I just waste my time getting this degree? And right around then, um, we got some bad news. Got a phone call out of the blue from um, our victim's advocate telling us that there was um, our victim advocate for um, the murders. Okay. So that's a contact. Okay, yeah, that you read. Yeah, so that's a contact, but I'm not surprised um, that we have that. <laughs> Um, keeps us updated um, with anything going on with the murderer. Um, And so we got this call out of the blue um, in um, 20, actually we got this call in 2013 um, saying that there are, there's new legislation that was um, just overturned states that um, Juveniles cannot be sentenced to life without parole. So the murderer was six months away from being 18 mm. when he killed my family. And because of that, before, yeah. he now gets the chance to be released into society every 15 years until he dies. So I will be dealing with this every 15 years probably until my 70s or my 80s. So, um, okay, so he's imprisoned. And does that mean like every 15 years it comes up for, I don't know, discussion that he can be released? Is is that what that means? Okay. Yes. So um, at for the first one, though, they needed to have a big trial, essentially. It was essentially... Um, a retrial to see if he could get out because at that point in time, he had done 15 years per life that he was sentenced with. So he could have gotten out immediately. Um, it gives me chills all yeah. over. Yeah. Um, and just to reiterate, this is a psychopath. This is someone who has lived in people's walls. This is someone who has tied people up, put on their dead mother's wedding dress, put war paint on his face and was holding a hatchet waiting for them in their closet. Oh my God. This, um, you know, he was found naked hiding under some other girl bed. This is a complete psychopath, complete danger to society. Why the fuck is this even being entertained? Right. So we first got that call in 2013, this notification that this was happening. Um, and this obviously completely, unearthed our world Mm -hmm. and just completely flipped everything upside down and my first initial reaction was fear was that this guy's gonna get out he's gonna kill me and he's gonna kill my family yeah because Um, like 
Was there, was there ever any information provided to you guys in regards to like why your aunt was targeted? Was it just purely random? I mean, or do you just not know? I, which I totally no. It, um, so they lived um, kind of in the same neighborhood, mm-hmm. but they live like with woods in between their houses. Um, you know, maybe he had seen the family in the neighborhood, just out in town, and decided to target them. Okay. So um, yeah, so it is random. It's completely random random but not like it makes me think of um I don't know what I I can't remember what Richard Ramirez I think the Night Stalker it like Mm -hmm. his seemed super random but like with this it sounds like there was a possibility that he had maybe the targeting was random but there was a possibility that he had Mm -hmm. um well, yes, they actually realized um, their house had been broken into before they were murdered a few times and things were moved around. That's what he would do. He would break into people's houses and move stuff around just to terrorize them and mess with their heads. Oh, my gosh. That gives so me. He was doing that before he murdered them. So it's very much a mind game. It's very mental. It's very psychotic. Um, it's very just driven by the intent to harm And so it's just kind of like one of those fucked up things that you see in movies, but it's real life. Yeah. And I, and I remember like when you shared that with me a long time ago, like I was just like blown away that I now knew someone where it was just like, oh, and I think, you know, probably like the mindset your mom has, like that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to anyone we actually know. But then when I met you and I learned about your experience and your family's experience, I was like, holy shit, like this does happen to people, you know, it's always, it's always them. It's never us, you know? And so this has obviously (laughs) caused me, you know, it's impacted me, you know, before I was born, while I was being formed in the womb. Um, I also believe um, I do also have um, another um, aunt, my mother's other sister. She was pregnant as well at the time that this happened. Um, She went into early labor. She was about six months pregnant. Um, And I really believe that um, like what she experienced and what my cousin experienced in the womb really um, led to her downfall um, because she is no longer with us. We lost her um, to addiction in 2017. Um, But I wholeheartedly blame that and her path and her mom's ability to be a mom um, and just the way she was formed. um, I blame that on him. I completely understand. I think I think there's so much that people don't understand about trauma and how it impacts us and how I I think like emotions and, and what someone who is pregnant, like what they are experiencing, how that actually translates 
to the children mm-hmm. that they're caring. There's actually new research about that, that they did research with pregnant women um, who survived 9-11 while they were pregnant um, and just have gone through um, other traumatic experience while they were pregnant. And it's shown that the babies, you know, even though they're not experiencing the trauma while they're in the womb, they experience the problems that emotional trauma brings. They have trauma hmm why do yeah. we think there's all of this disassociation? Like there's, there's not, I, I, exactly. Oh, <sighs> my heart, yeah. Annalise, like just your family has been through so much and it's not to diminish like anyone else's experience and like their own trauma. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is, this is just a different level. It just is. Yeah, it's intense. Um, but that also means my healing has been intense mm-hmm. um, in the best possible way. Um, so, you know, all of this stuff happening <laughs> really fucked me up, um, as it would anyone. Um, I was, you know, having extreme PTSD. Sometimes I still do. Um, but I sleep with a stun gun next to my bed. Sometimes when I'm anxious, I rehearse grabbing it and getting it ready. Um, you do that I have, now? Um, yeah, I do that now. Um, I always have some kind of weapon with me. Um, I'm always, if I don't have one with me, I'm always looking around to see what I could use as a potential weapon if I need one. Yeah, I understand um, that. Um, and it was like a home invasion. So like, um, lots of like, (laughs) it's almost like it's irrational almost, but there's that part of me and it's like, well, it, it happened. It It can actually happen. Yes. Um, Yeah. Because to me, it's like, that's kind of why I feel like so many people like horror movies, you know, like I think of Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. or Halloween or Scream because we, yeah. like I'm getting chills. We all think that this is fiction. Like this doesn't really happen. Even though like we know, we hear stories on the news, we listen to podcasts, like yeah. we know it can happen. It's not going to happen to us. And so there's just like that, like that thrill, like that adrenaline mm-hmm. rush, but you're different because it actually yeah. happened. Yeah, I actually love horror films. I'm actually planning on watching Orphan First Kill. It just came out today. I don't um, like those movies. I love them. I love the psycho shit. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's because it it gives me a sense of control over it. Like, I know what's going to happen. I can, and, like, predict what's going to happen. You know what? That's So, as a kid, I loved horror movies. And I still... I still kind of do, but there are certain, like with kids or dolls, like it just freaks me out. Like I can't watch that stuff, but there are certain horror movies that I like. And I have heard, like my husband does not like them, but what I've heard is like, if you have experienced like trauma, like severe trauma, there's something about you that likes horror movies exactly for that reason. And that's just so interesting to me. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was feeling, I mean, and I still, um, I mean, this comes up, his, you know, he has a chance of being released 
into the general public, not in a halfway house, not in a group home, to his mama's house in general society. And yeah, it's, it's scary. It, um, you know, comes and goes. Some days I don't think about it at all. Um, some days it's all consuming, especially as time comes closer. Um, so the last parole hearing um, was five years ago. So the next one will be 10 years from now. So and he hasn't like, been approved to be released, right? Oh, no, okay. no. So how the process started was so first there was this whole big like retrial essentially to see if he should be released right now. Mm-hmm. So that really unearthed so much and dug up a lot of stuff and it dug up a lot of graphic details about what happened to my little cousins and my aunt that we didn't know before. And they were five and um, seven, right? They were five right. and seven years old. Yeah you know, connecting to it in a new way. And uh, my parents had really kept this from me while I was growing up. And I understand why, Um, you know, while I was growing up, it was a thing of the past. They wanted to protect me from it. We had these people always at our family holidays. And I knew that they weren't like my mom's siblings or blood related. So when I was a teenager, I start finally started asking like, who are these people? Who are these strangers at Thanksgiving? Why are they at our holiday? Mm-hmm. And then I learned that it was the husband of my aunt who was murdered um, and his new family. He went on to marry and adopt two girls. I didn't even um, like, and I didn't even think that like she was married. Oh yeah. She was married and he came home and found them. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many layers of trauma in this. I am so, so I am so sorry for everything your family experienced. Thank you. Um, but that is how I first found out about any of this. I'm like, who are these people? And that's how I found out that my aunt and my cousins were murdered. So you didn't even and know until that. Much- yeah, I didn't know until um, I was like 16 or so when I asked oh, about that. Oh, okay. Um, and then I just kind of found out that it happened. And then, you know, didn't really think too much about it. I was a teenager. I never met them. But the more I, as I grow old, I think about them more. Um, and um, this new law was made um, that could possibly let him out um, when I was 23 years old. Okay. And that's when I really started connecting to it more and connecting to my family more mm-hmm. and learning about um, all of the details that happened and exploring the psychology of the psychopath, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like this thing fucked up my whole life before I was even born. Yeah. No, I can um, understand. And, you know, my family you know, I first thinks he's away for life and they raise me. And then all of a sudden he could be getting out like next week. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, holy fuck. But I actually just realized this now. So I guess, well, I was doing a lot of um, self-sabotage at that point in my life. and just kind of like checking out and being numb. I was stoned all the time. 
I was going on a lot of Tinder dates. I was really just kind of like, <laughs> it was it was awesome though. I kind of needed that little wild time. I, I don't yeah, regret it. Or I, I think like we all like I I had those times like in my early thirties. I understand. It was a little late to the game, but yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of like, I might be killed by your murderer. Let me take this shot. Uh, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to like get numb, you know. So I was doing a lot of that. Oh my God. Like, do I even have a career? Do I want this career? What am I doing? But Reiki is really the thing that turned everything around for me. Um, so I'm actually just realizing this now in this conversation, but um, I discovered Reiki about six months after that phone call that we got telling us about um, this new legislation and that he might be getting out. Mm-hmm. So I was in grad school at the time, finals week, and I was really sick, I had to go to the hospital. I needed um, my gallbladder removed. It was totally random, wasn't expecting it. So I had to stay there for like a week. I couldn't eat anything or drink any water. I was miserable. I was in pain. They can never get my blood with my veins. They were sticking me with needles every 15 minutes. My roommate was screaming, keeping me awake. So it was just hell. It was like the worst I'd ever felt like mentally, physically, emotionally ever in my life. I'm like, I'm a pretty positive person. I can usually find the silver lining, but like I was just, I was done at that point. Yeah. And so my nurse came in and she was just kind of noticed that I was like just really down. And she was like, we have this volunteer healing touch unit. Do you want to try it? I was like, uh, what? And okay, she's like, yeah, so they, that's um, like Reiki, but they were mm-hmm, trying to mm-hmm. maybe present it. As yeah, they called it healing touch. I okay. think, um, just there's a lot of political stuff in terms of like terminology that hospitals are allowed to use and stuff I like totally that. So they call it healing. I totally get it. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And I was like, okay, but I rolled my eyes and I was like, this is going to be complete bullshit and stupid. But I was in such pain. I was like, whatever, I'll try anything at this point, even though I know it's going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and how a lot of us would feel, I feel like, you know? Yeah. And let me tell you, it was not stupid. It was incredible. Um, It's honestly hard to find words for what it was like. I can remember as soon as it started, I instantly was seeing visions, um, which I had never seen before. Um, So what did you see? see? So I was seeing... Um, I was feeling myself like floating in this natural pool of water and there was a waterfall floating there. Um, And I was just floating in the water, completely relaxed, completely at ease, completely like in bliss, just like loving my existence. Um, And it was just this utter peace. And I I don't even like such a foreign feeling for you. It was. I think that was the first time I'd ever felt true peace mm-hmm. in my life. Um, you 23. So, yeah. Um, I was seeing these beautiful visions of the waterfall and, like, the forest around me, and I was just floating and feeling so good. And I was getting emotional. I started crying. And I had no idea why. Um, but there were good tears. It was, like, tears yeah. of joy. 
eventually it ends and my mom was in the room too she was crying too we had our eyes closed we didn't know we were both crying we were both crying so was your mom just like sitting there like while this was going on mm-hmm. oh wow mm-hmm. yeah she was just sitting in the room with me oh, while the lady came bums, Annalise. I'm gonna use oh me too it's yeah I mean honestly this is really deep but it feels like that was the moment where like my soul met its legacy and now in hindsight where I've done um, I'm a Reiki master now myself and I practice Reiki every day and I do a lot of past life work and I realized that in a past life I was a healer it was great and my existence was peaceful and I helped people find peace and that this was like my mission this is my destiny Mm -hmm. and as soon as it was over, I immediately said, I need to find out how to do this for other people. So I did. I kind of sat with that experience for about two years. And then after I had graduated with my master's degree that I wasn't too excited about, um, I decided to formally trained in Reiki. Um, I I love that you're like, I wasn't too excited about that. I love your honesty. Like I, like I said with you earlier, like so many people aren't honest. So I just love you just like saying like, like what's the point if we're not honest, you know, (laughs) that's what I love about kids is like, they just say what they, they say what they mean and there's no hidden, Mm -hmm. like there's no ulterior motive. They're just so pure and Mm -hmm. it's us Mm -hmm. that add all like the meaning and the bullshit. Like, honestly, like that's how I feel. And I'm just like, I love it when people, I'm just, just, just say what you mean and mean what you say. That's it. It's not that, it's not that difficult. Yes. So yes. I love that. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Then I um, officially got uh, certified as a level one and two Reiki practitioner. The note on certification in Reiki, there is no um, official like licensing board. There is an organization formed within the Reiki community. Um, That's the most legitimate thing, Um, but Reiki isn't regulated. So people can like buy a video online Mm -hmm. and then they're considered Reiki masters all of a sudden. I feel Um, like it's kind of like being an ordained minister via the internet. Yes, exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Oh my gosh, that is the perfect comparison. And when I I say that, Annalise, I'm thinking of the episode of Friends where Joey was (laughs) ordained as a minister and Mary Chandler and Monica. (laughs) I'm seriously so sad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyone can be a Reiki master. Um, but I um, practiced at levels one and two for about five years. I really got comfortable with Reiki and doing it on myself and other people um, before I then moved up to the Reiki master level. Um, so now I'm a Reiki master. So before um, you, like, did the training... Was that mm-hmm. that experience when you were in the hospital? Was that your only experience with Reiki up to that point? Yeah. And why? <laughs> why did you yeah. think it was BS? Like I know why I thought I it was like mm-hmm. weird and like all woo woo. Um, but why? Why did you think it was yeah. similar? 
because it didn't make logic sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, at that point in my life, I was a very analytical thinker and I'm very scientific as well. I mean, the name of my business is soul and science. So I love the science I love stuff that. and I love the soul love stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like at that point in my life, um, I didn't believe in any kind of higher power. I just, I just thought it was all like people playing pretend and like wasting their time. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Well, and I, and I feel like, I feel like many of us have been conditioned to think like, there's like there's like the science or there's like the soul and like the spirit realm I guess for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. because it's Friday and I'm tired and that that's what my mind is able to do right now but I feel (laughs) like the the idea of them actually being able to be integrated is really like a foreign concept it has to be one or the other it can't be and and so that's what I love about you is like you're actually integrating that which to me like it makes total sense but if it were me five years ago I think I would be kind of like where you were it was like yeah okay all right that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would be making fun like if a Five, me from, well, no, how many? I'm, I'm old now. It's been. You are not old. If you were old, years. <laughs> I, I'm decrepit. <laughs> Where it's is been a kid? long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've started doing Reiki. And if the me before I started doing Reiki saw me now, I probably would have made fun of me. Right? I No, I definitely would have made fun of me. I would have laughed at me. Part of me that's like. <laughs> why do we make fun of things that we don't understand? Like, cause really that's just like what it is. I, I feel like that's what it is. It's like, yeah. we just don't understand. So I mean, I think, yeah. instant reaction? Well, like, let's mock this. Like, why mm-hmm. not just be curious and ask questions? In some kind of way. Yeah. I think it threatens something mm-hmm. within us. And especially if you're a trauma survivor, yeah. any kind of threat, you're like, well, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Okay, so you got your master certification. Actually, just to backtrack a little bit, right before I got my Reiki master's certification, I um, had moved back in with my parents after that kind of like lost wild time of my life where I was smoking all the weed, going on a lot of Tinder dates. <laughs> I had uh, moved halfway across the country at that point too. It was where really did fun. you move? Okay, um, so where are you I'm, living now? Where were you living yeah, then? So I'm from upstate New York, okay. um, which is where I am back now. Um, but I spent three years in Houston. Oh, okay. And it was kind of like a very spontaneous, like, my life's a pile of shit. I'm just going to pick up and move. (laughs) But it was kind of like the best thing that's ever happened to me as well. So I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, So I had, like, that kind of, like, wild, like, loss, like, holy shit, I'm going to be murdered, (laughs) like, time. I don't know that that's a thought that many of us have, but I understand. (laughs) And I'm totally not trying to make it light of it in any casual you know but yeah no I I do all the time and yeah so I spent a couple years in Houston I just decided like I was ready to come back um the 
initial resentencing trial was over and it was decided that he was going to stay in prison. And what year, um, can you remind me what year was that again? Yeah, so a lot of years. So we got the phone call. We got the news in 2013. Okay, that's right. Um, then all of the different like trial proceedings um, started happening happening in 2015, leading up to like the big trial, the big event, which happened in 2017. Okay. Um, and then two years later, in 2019, we got notice that he made an official appeal of that result of the 2017 resentencing trial, and his appeal made it all the way to Supreme Court. Yeah, it's like. I, I don't know, like, whether I, I should be like, hey, like, great for our judicial system or like, what the fuck, <clears throat> you know, like, I'm just like, yes, yes, um, this whole thing, like, I really, I have absolutely no faith in justice system. I understand. Um, none. <laughs> none. No, I, I completely um, It's kind of just like, this is really never ending it always comes back up like it's not something i can just move on from and leave it behind me because this is happening every 15 years there's everything is unearthed again and actually even just last week um we got a call from the victim's advocate because there is someone who is um requesting the crime scene photos to include in their book that they're writing about what happened to our family and they are you know (laughs) <laughs> getting absolutely no input from us or not including us in the profits they're you know profiting off of our pain basically and what happened to our family um so i guess another like note about true crime and the true crime content that you consume remember those are real people right. and ask yourself like if that was my family would i want this on view and um, and that's like it that's instantly where my mind went when you said that, because I was like, I don't know that I've one, this is just not stuff I typically consume. Um, Mm -hmm. like I, when I'm listening to podcasts, these are not the podcasts I listen to. I, I, I watched the, was it CSI? No, it was criminal minds because of Shamar Moore. That was it. Um, but you know, like this isn't, Oh, that was my only reason for watching. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I have been like in lust with him. So fine. The restless. Like, oh gosh. Like, Ooh, he doesn't yeah. age either. Malcolm Winters. Like, <laughs> thank you. Here I am. <laughs> but like, yeah. criminal, criminal minds. And then I watched like a little bit of his show that that he did. And and then I was just like, I don't. I have, I have a, I have a, mm-hmm. I don't have time to watch TV. I'm sorry, Shamar. <laughs> you know, I can't be one of your baby girls, but, um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I feel like that's something that I never thought about before was like the, yeah. the people that knew these, these people who lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they feel about this? And I feel like I'm a really yeah. sensitive person, but I've never mm-hmm. thought about it mm-hmm. to that. I mean, I never thought about it until I was 23 Mm -hmm. and the murderer was about to get out. I never Mm -hmm. thought about it until this happened like directly to me. Um, And I love true crime. I watch a lot of true crime stuff even now. Uh, That's just really. Do you feel like that's it's because I think, you know, there are the majority of people that like that stuff 
do not have mm-hmm. your experience yeah history yeah with that. but I mean do you feel like kind of love that stuff. okay okay so because you <laughs> like even before I knew all these details I always love to ask stuff. you yeah but genetically mm-hmm. do you think like there's a possibility that like at a subconscious level maybe that that's what drove your interest in that before Hell yes obviously knew okay Hell yes you know, for making me feel like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> absolutely uh, totally yeah okay yeah I've always loved that kind of stuff and um I mean I still watch it now there is like certain stuff that's off limits like any kind of home invasion is a no-go for me I can't watch anything related to home invasion or like sexual assault and like it kind of sucks because there was like while this like we were deep in the resentencing trial there was a point where I couldn't watch the scary stuff that I loved and the, the scary stuff that I watched to decompress because it was too triggering you um, watch scary stuff to decompress <laughs> Yes, I do. I just watched American Horror Story <laughs> before Oh, this. my gosh, girl. We watched so many. Like, we watched a few different, like, series. That's such a good show. Like, it's such a good show. So good. And creatively, so I'm good. like, dude, what are these guys, like, on? <laughs> you know? like, mm-hmm. Also, Pretty Little Liars. I don't know if you've watched that. I've but, never um, watched it, but I've heard that's such a good show. I feel like you would love it. I feel like you would love it. But HBO just did a reboot (laughs) and it's like really gory and more scary and violent and more like horror. And I loved it. Okay, well, maybe I'll start with the first one. Um, Because I was just telling someone like how I I just seriously blubber at the end of Free Willy every time I watch a show. Maybe I'll just like ease into it. You do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Start with the original. Yeah. I appreciate you so, so much. And I, I'm not going to edit this out. Like I just, um, I don't edit much anyway, but just like girl, like everything you have been through and worked through and everything, your family, like you're just, and you're just still going through it. Like you're, <laughs> and that's just, it is like, but you were still like for, for me, like you are still this source of light. You are still this source of calm and peace and serenity. Like I'm thinking about things in like a completely different way. And I just, I'm so thankful to you for just opening my mind and opening my heart to that. And I know that you're doing that with other people like through this. Um, For a while, I felt like, why me? why my family what the fuck did i do to deserve this you know if you heard a soul contract it's a concept that your soul chose your life i didn't fucking sign up for this (laughs) i didn't sign up to maybe be murdered every 15 years hell no Mm -hmm. but when reiki came in it helped me understand that this life that i know this body that i know this name that i know i am not annalise annalise is the name you've given my entity but i am inside annalise i am just the actor playing annalise and all of this stuff 
on a human level, it matters, but on a soul level, it doesn't matter. And the thing with trauma, the biggest thing that trauma does is it disconnects you from yourself. Like we were saying, we were numb and Mm -hmm. empty. And that's what trauma does. It empties you from yourself. And what Reiki and spirituality and this whole centered work has done for me has helped me come home to myself and really meet myself for the first time and really, you know, have my soul be fully dropped into my body instead of hovering over my head. Well, it makes total sense to me. And when you were talking about trauma, like a few seconds ago, like it made me think of what I identify as the most traumatic experience of my life. And me not remembering anything for probably what I think is like 30 seconds to a minute. There is like a total Mm -hmm. blank space there. Mm -hmm. And working with Vivian, I'm like, I think I'm remembering parts that I had blocked out. There are still those 30 seconds to 60 seconds that I just Mm -hmm. don't remember. And Mm -hmm. it's so weird because for years I convinced myself, I tried to convince myself that this didn't really happen because I can't remember this period of time. Yep. You gaslight yourself. Yes. But logically, Annalise, when I was like, but why is this happening? But why is this happening? Like all of this ties into what I think happened, which is completely nothing that I would have imagined, nothing that my mind, and I'm pretty freaking creative, nothing that my mind would have ever imagined. And it's like, like I describe, like, like a conversation I had with someone is just like, it's like your, your, your soul or your spirit is just like, I, I, I can't handle this. Like it's too painful. It hurts too much. And I just kind of need to remove myself from this situation. Yes. And I, and I feel like it's so frustrating to me that I can't remember that, but I know (sighs) that that's just like my mind's way of maybe protecting my soul or my spirit from something Mm -hmm. that was just Mm -hmm. so shocking and so painful and so hurtful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times we can be made to feel like ashamed of our survival tactics, mm-hmm. um, even like substance use. For me, yep. I was constantly stoned for like 10 years of my life. Did I have a problem? Probably. Would I have survived that period without it? I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, dissociation is definitely a protection mechanism um because it's you know it's not safe for you to be in your body and to be experiencing what you're actually experiencing um and i'm totally with you on just having blackouts of Mm -hmm. memories from my teenage years like i have friends that i was friends with in high school and i kind of lost contact and they reached out to me and they're like oh let's reconnect and like i really don't even remember like connecting with them in the first place like I know they were there and we hung out, but I don't remember what we talked about. I don't remember our connection. And it's just, it sucks. Yeah. It's just like, that is something that is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. 
but I, but I really, mm-hmm. that's a protective mechanism. And I just yeah. have kind of just like, I, I accept it because something in me maybe knows better. I remember what I need to remember. And that's mm-hmm. exactly. Like it's that. not ideal, but it kept you alive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, this is a conversation we should have on a day. It's like, Mama. <laughs> so, okay. So what do we do with all this bullshit now that we're sitting with it? And now that we like, yes. we have this understanding. So that's the thing too. Like, you know, I have an education in psychology and mental health and that's all about understanding and making connections then it's kind of like, well, I understand why. I know why. Like, I get it now. I have the information. Now, what do I do with uh-huh. that? Yeah. <laughs> How do I implement that? How do I put that into action, into changing my life? And I think that's kind of, I'm not knocking therapy in any way. Um, I see a therapist regularly. Talk therapy is great. But I don't think there's any one mode of healing that is sufficient on its own. Right. I think talk therapy is a great complement with maybe psychopharmacology if, you know, that's right for you. Okay. Or what is that? Like right- I have never I have never heard of that. So what is that? Oh, it just means like uh, medications for psychological okay. Got reasons. It. Okay. Yeah. So like I don't know. I feel like uh, traditionally the training for therapists is like you are the cure to all their problems kind of thing. And you're kind of made to feel like you're responsible for that. So it's like, it's a lot of work on the therapist, like unfair kind of to ask from them, but also it's kind of selling a lie to the client. That they're not responsible or that they don't have an active role in the work that they need to do to work through. Mm -hmm their stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's so much more to healing than your mind. Um, because, you know, like we we're saying, we are multidimensional. We are bigger than our thoughts. You know, our thoughts are formed and shaped by the language that we learn by our human experiences. But that's not all of us. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, I believe we are souls before we are humans. And that's, I think, really the thing that Reiki has helped me really understand and take into my heart. And that's kind of been the biggest thing to help me heal from my trauma um, is realizing that I am so much bigger than my trauma. I've had so many lives before this one. Um, I know I'll get through this one. and I know why I'm going through this right. because my soul decided to come here and make a change. Yep, you're, uh, My you're, soul decided yeah. to come here and bring healing to this fucked up tornado bullshit. Yeah. Like it was uh, just like, I like, it reminds me of hunger games where it's like, oh, I volunteer. Yes. I volunteer. Exactly. It's like you saw the assignment and you're like, cool, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You saw the, the assignment and now I understand the assignment. Mm-hmm. But you're and, like, but it's sometimes um, you're like, why the fuck did I sign up for this? Right? Right? It's like, so there can be a lot of spiritual bypassing with the whole 
concept of soul contracts and choosing your destiny and choosing your life as a human. So like, I hate it when people say, oh, like everything happens for a reason um, to make you stronger and teach you lessons. Um, my family didn't get murdered to teach me a lesson. I'm not fearing for my life every 15 years to make me stronger. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but it's kind of like, it's a balance. There's both. There's the human aspect of the wrong. Trauma is messed up and it just happens. But we have our souls to help us kind of zoom out of human, zoom out of the trauma, zoom out of all our conditioning and everything that we know from this life mm -hmm. um, and kind of see the bigger picture and see ourselves as souls on a journey and that this is just a blip in our journey and like we're here on a mission yeah um and this mission will end but my soul will not and um yeah just it's really helped me feel like i know who i am so all of this worldly stuff all the humans all of the trauma all of the bullshit i know that's temporary right and i know right. this is just you know my character story right now and that's what i came here to do and you know what i'm doing it you are like i said you know that, that i say it over and over and i know but it's like the sense of peace and serenity that i just get from your stories that like even when you're posting a picture of like your morning routine and like the the serenity that i feel just looking at this picture of you being at peace like it gives me peace and working with you the sense of peace that i got that i felt i was just like i feel like whoa like keanu reeves like whoa you yes. know this is just like yeah you know and and mm -hmm. this is something that again like I just decided I wanted to be open-minded and open-hearted to different things. Like if something is going to make me feel better, why wouldn't I try it? Like, why wouldn't I at least like give it a shot? If it's going to put me, mm -hmm. if, it, if it claims to help ease my anxiety or help me become more in tune with, with who I really am at my core, like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Like, why don't I put like all the bullshit that society tells us? You know, that mm -hmm. I think there's a lot, like, and I think there's a lot more than many of us realize, you know, like, uh -huh. why don't I just put That's that aside? Like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose mm -hmm. and I have something to gain. And if I mm -hmm. walk away from this experience still thinking it's bullshit, okay, at least I gave it a shot. But if I try this and I feel better, cool. Again, like, what do I yeah. have to lose mm -hmm. by being open to something new? I don't, I don't have anything to lose, you know? And so I'm, I'm so thankful just to you. And again, I'm just like, so in awe of just you and, and like your strength and your courage and your ability to just kind of work through adversity. But for someone that's listening, that really doesn't understand like what Reiki is, can you explain that yes so for the longest time i had the hardest time describing reiki and putting it into words because the thing about reiki is it's divine it is not from this universe mm -hmm. it is like beyond what we can comprehend 
And language is human. Language is made up, basically. <laughs> if you think about the language that we use and, you know, how the language can be used to, like, weaponize certain words and weaponize the energy of emotions and things like that. But I describe Reiki as like a sacred radio signal that is sent from the universe in order to help your body, your mind, and your soul heal itself so that you can get to a place of listening to your soul. I'm so passionate about this. Like I, and it's not even just passion, it's love. Like it, like to me, Reiki is a pep talk and a hug from the universe. It's a reminder that you are unconditionally loved, a reminder that you're unconditionally supported, a reminder that, you know, this is all going to the plan, even if it doesn't feel like it, there is a plan for, for this and for you, that, like, I'm a badass soul. Yeah. And it's <laughs> this, like, and you don't have to do anything to prove that. You don't have to do anything to earn that. You are worthy simply because you exist. That's it. Exactly. I Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like so much of healing is like, become your best self. But healing really isn't about becoming anything. It's about remembering who the yeah. fuck you are. And, and it's so funny because I was like, I know where she's going with this. And it totally reminds me of Moana. <laughs> Remember, I have a little kid. And it's just like, have you seen Moana? No, I haven't. No. I only have scary stuff, remember? <laughs> this is such a, like, there are certain Disney movies that I'm just like, again, my Keanu, like, whoa. Like, Moana, Frozen, but really Frozen 2, that, that just connect with me on this deeper spiritual level, you know? And, like, Moana, like, she's like, why am I always called to the ocean? Like, why did the ocean choose me? And, like her grandmother dies and 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 like comes back to her and is just like remember who you are you know and it's just it's such like this yep. power like i seriously have goosebumps all over now yeah. and it's just this powerful moment where it's just like that's it like we just need to remember who we are like in mm -hmm. frozen 2 it's like you need to step into your power you need like if you haven't watched these you serious because it's like i've watched them with a different perspective now and i'm like wow these are really deep you know? <laughs> like yeah my friends actually got me to watch Encanto, and i was like i was blown away by I that need, they were surprised is, they got me to watch it but that it was, is one it was that great. i have not watched that i need to and i know like it's because like it just there's a lot of like healing themes yeah, yeah. it's and beautiful and just everybody having like their gifts and you know and and making their mark in their own unique ways i'm like i need to watch that movie i'm like my kid needs to go to sleep at eight o'clock at night so i can watch these <laughs> but it's like it, it's like she had this greater purpose and she just forgot who mm -hmm. she was and there needed to be like this climactic moment there were a couple where it's like she just needed to be reminded of who she was like you are here on a mission, like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. Like you chose to accept this mission, you know, Yes. yes. like do it, you know? Yes. And, and yep. I feel like also yep. Reiki, am, am I right in saying this is more like an Eastern 
type thing than like yeah. Western. So, and Western, yes, I, have, I have like a whole bunch of theories about us in the U.S. <laughs> that really just, I mm-hmm. kind of had these realizations about, I would say, I don't know, since March, 2020. Um, but th- this is not something that we have been conditioned to accept as acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Yep, it's definitely one of those things that gets branded as woo-woo or new age. Um, But, like, the thing is, this stuff isn't new age at all. It's actually pretty ancient. Yes. And it's, like, filled with ancient wisdom. It's not this, like, hippy-dippy bullshit fluff to scam you out of money. (laughs) It's real, and it's um, different than what we're used to seeing in the West. So a lot of times, if people people knock down what they don't understand exactly kind of like what we're exactly earlier. it's like you mock it because and, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I've realized about myself is like so much of what I like poo-pooed was because of what I was conditioned how I was conditioned to perceive it based on right and I was like that too or advertising or what my parents told me but it's like well why did my parents tell me this because of their parents or what they saw on TV if they had it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, but uh, it, it like just made me realize like, why do I have this opinion? And is this opinion really mine? Is this perspective really mine or is it, did it come mm-hmm. from somewhere else? And again, like, what is the adverse impact if I just open my mind to a mm-hmm. different possibility or a different answer? Yeah. Again, that makes me think of like the language that we use Um, and like doing Reiki and stuff has, it's made me feel more of the energy of something rather than the language of something. Mm -hmm. And you feel that, like, I don't know that people necessarily think that, but it's like, I feel like, you know, the, the energy shifts when you're around someone who's like in a bad mood or who's Mm -hmm. negative, like you feel differently. So it's like pay yep. attention to that because that means something. Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. like we have just been told like how we feel doesn't matter. And I think exactly. that's bullshit. Yep. And a lot of Reiki is trusting that stuff that we're told not to trust exactly. or believe or, mm-hmm. you know, think is legitimate. But Reiki is, yes, from Japan originally. It was brought over to the West um, in the 1930s. So it's actually not super old, but it's been around, you know, for some time. Um, And it is considered a sacred practice. And I guess to explain it um, in more sciencey terms now, the word Reiki is Japanese for spiritually guided life force energy. So we all have life force energy that's flowing in our bodies and around our bodies, which is our aura. So flows through our bodies, through our different chakras, um, which are different clusters of nerve endings in our bodies that relate to different parts of our life. So this energy, um, just because we're alive, that means this energy is flowing in and around us. And 
when basically when we get fucked up, when we go through trauma, when we get stressed, um, we develop blockages um, in the pathways that helps our energy flow all throughout our bodies and around us. It can also just create blocks in the chakras. Um, which are correlated to different parts of life. So I like to think of Reiki as a radio signal and your chakras are kind of like different stations. Like your root chakra has to do with survival, uh, moving up. The next chakra has to do with feeling emotions. The next one has to do with faith in who you are and your purpose. Next one has to do with love and feeling all things love. Next one has to do with creative expression and living genuinely. Then there's also the third eye, which has to do with intuition. Um, and then the crown, which has to do with operating on a soul level, remembering that there is something bigger out there guiding you. All of that stuff is important to have in our lives because if our chakras are like radio stations, you know, we're, we're multidimensional beings. We don't want to listen to just the weather channel all the time. We don't want to be stuck in survival <laughs> Unless it's all Shamar the time. We want to move up. Unless it's Shamar Moore, then, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll settle for it. <laughs> we'll make an exception. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes sense. And I remember like, during our session, like you said, and I don't, I totally don't expect you to remember this, but like you had said, mine was just one of my chakras was just kind of like weeble wobbling. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, probably your root. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about how Reiki actually works. Reiki is the actual energy and a Reiki master like myself channels this energy through their mind, through their body, through their soul. Um, and I always say that I'm kind of like when you go to the bank and they have the drive through and the tubes oh, with the I money. Love those. I love that. So <laughs> I love those too. So I am just the tube, the empty vessel just delivering you the money. I love um, that. It is not my energy at all that I am using. I am just the channel, the vessel. I'm just calling it in and sending it to you. And I'm able to do that because I've been specially um, attuned as a Reiki master, um, which is a special ceremony to um, give me a direct connection to be able to channel it. I love that so much. Like, honest, honestly, like I just, I, I'm going to interject here. Um, so that yeah. is one of like my fondest memories with my grandmother is like, we would go to bank of America. And I remember just being so fascinated with like the tube, you know, when she would like send a check yeah. or say, Hey, this is what I need. And then I remember being super bummed that they stopped doing that at least like where we lived. So when we moved to Montana and the bank that we use has those, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a sign. Because <laughs> it really is. Oh my gosh, totally like a sign. Little things that just, you know, it's like the font. Totally a sign. In that association. Yep. I'm just like, I love this. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast just on like spirit signs, sign from spirit guides alone because oh. that's also another incredible thing no, that Reiki had really up in my life. Is, yeah. We need to do that. My husband <laughs> found a, a praying mantis earlier today and I always have hummingbirds outside the window. 
I told my husband, I'm like, we need a hummingbird feeder. And he's like, we don't have hummingbirds. I'm like, we need a hummingbird feeder. And then he was like, I saw a hummingbird. I'm like, we need a hummingbird feeder. And so now <laughs> we have one and yes. I see one every day. And then I always see two little white butterflies that I believe are my dog Snickers and Twinkie. Like they're always together. So yes, yes we need to, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So I know I interrupted. I'm sorry. That's okay. So I'm like the tube at the bank, just delivering me with money, magic, this healing energy. I also want to note that since this energy is coming from the universe, from your higher power, whatever you call it, it is totally pure and can do absolutely no harm. Um, so it's all good. No matter what happens, like Reiki is just always only going to bring good things. And so what I do is I, um, when I work with people privately, I send them this healing energy. I channel it in myself and I send it out to them. My entire business is virtual. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't need to be physically touching to send this energy to anyone. You don't need to be in the same room. Um, you don't even need to be on the same continent, which I think is so cool. so cool. I've had really, really powerful sessions um, with people like on other sides of the world. And I'll just share, like I had a client across the pond and they were experiencing um, hip pain. And um, the next day after our session, they told me that they woke up without pain for the first time in two years wow. because of our virtual session from half a world away. So were you um, focused on the hip pain during that session? Or what, um, or what were you? No, I mean, a little bit. <clears throat> so um, I don't really remember. It was just kind of like a general session. Um, so when I have sessions with people, I um, focus on sending the energy first all over their aura to their field, kind of sense what's going on. And then I'll send it individually um, to each of the seven main chakras that they have. So I was, I'll do that. And then I will also um, I start with a consultation and I ask if there's any physical aches or pains um, that we can send a little extra healing to. So we did send a little extra to the hips, um, but that wasn't the focus of the session. Okay. Because like, um, I'm just like, my hips hurt all the time. But <laughs> I've also heard yeah. that if you experience trauma, a lot of that is actually stored in your hips, right? Yes, because that's where the root chakra is. That is crazy. I didn't know yep. that, but that makes so yep. like, that makes so much sense. It's all, you know, mind, body, soul. It's all one. Yep. It's all connected. Nothing's ever just in your mind. It's also mm -hmm. in your body. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So totally. It's your root. It's very common um, for most survivors to have gut issues, hip issues, anything. I have gut in issues, too. Area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trauma. Yeah. Thanks, mom and dad. I appreciate <laughs> I know. it. Let me send Thanks you my therapy you. bills. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. I, and, and as we're talking through this, I'm like, I need to schedule a, a session with Annalise. But yeah. that that makes total sense with like the root chakra. Like, yeah. Again, it's like, yep. oh, you know. But I just, yeah. I never yeah. thought about it from that perspective. So, what would mm -hmm. you say? Yeah. So, like again, like I, I, I want to be mindful of your time. I didn't anticipate our conversation going this long, but I, yeah. I am very chatty. I know. This is too and, good. <laughs> um, 
And I'm just so intrigued and I appreciate like your willingness to just talk with me. If someone is just like, like we used to be, that is, if someone is just kind of like, oh, okay, like Reiki, whatever, it's total BS, it's woo woo. Like, I guess like, Mm -hmm. how would you respond to that? And then the second is like, what, what sorts of things, like if someone's like, Hey, I'm open to Reiki, but I don't know how it can help me. Like, what would your response to that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for the skeptics, mm-hmm. um, that's a more articulate. I was, I was one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a skeptic. I thought this was complete bullshit. Um, I thought it was laughable. I rolled my eyes at it. And like, if you feel that way too, I totally respect that. And like, that's fine. But if there's something that's in you, that's curious, if there's something that's kind of like feeling drawn to it, give it a try. Um, it can cause no harm. I actually host free sessions every single month. If you want to come try it out for free, you can come hang out with me. If you're feeling the call, there's probably a reason. Yes. Um, so I'll say that. Listen, listen to that voice. Yeah. And then if, if people are just like, well, how, like, how can this help me? Like, what would I utilize this for? What yeah. would that be? Reiki is, I mean, we say the term energy healing, but I, I'm not the hugest fan of that terminology because like Reiki doesn't heal you. Like this isn't going <laughs> to fix you. It's not going to heal your body. It's going to help you heal yourself. So what the Reiki actually does um, is it helps send this this pure energy with, um, you know, perfect, smooth vibrations um, because our energy is always vibrating at some frequency. And when we get all fucked up, our vibrations get all fucked up. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yes. Um, so then we're vibrating all woo, wonky. And then we have this pure, perfect energy, this love coming in and just helping kind of like <sighs> smoothing everything out. Um, and it helps your cells return to homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about this idea of balance as like this, oh, like have this balance in your life. But no, when we're talking about balance, we're talking about a homeostasis in your body. And you know what, home- Annalise, like I'm laughing at that because <laughs> that's always like how the way, like the tone, everything, the way that you like yes. <laughs> That's always like, oh, yeah, like, it's all about balance. You have to have balance. I'm so sick of it. Yes, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just throwing up the big middle finger to that, okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, so when we talk about balance, we're talking about homeostasis in our cells, um, and that helps shift um, the energy of our chakras, and then that opens up the pathways. Like, sometimes our energy can be stuck in one chakra, like if you're a trauma survivor, like I was living, like when I was talking about my crazy lost time and I was smoking a lot of weed, going on a lot of dates, I was not really there. I was just fully operating out of my root chakra in survival mode. I wasn't um, accessing any of my other chakras. So I wasn't feeling emotions. Um, I wasn't feeling love. I wasn't, um, in touch with my intuition at all. I had absolutely no connection with myself as a soul. And what Reiki does is it comes in and it helps helps prep your energy, the energy around all of your cells, all the energy that makes your body physical matter. 
it helps shift the energy and the vibrations of your chakras, which are those stations of the different parts of your life. So it helps smooth everything out. It's kind of like it comes in and like it's like doing renovations yeah. on your energy. But really, it's it's not healing you. It's helping you heal yourself so that you can really meet yourself, your true self, your authentic self, which is your soul. It's not this person that you know that's a product of trauma. Right. You know, that's just that's not you. That's that's your role right now. But that's not you. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like all of these realizations that I've had and just even the the way like I know we talked about language, but it's like the way I speak about things is just so different than the way I would have spoken about something like three years ago, you know, and I feel like so many of us have just been conditioned to accept trauma as normal and as acceptable. And this is, well, this is just how we function. These are just the survival tactics that we implemented. And this is normal, you know, this, but I'm like, are you really showing up as that most expansive version of yourself? Like when you're Mm -hmm. just surviving? Yeah. Yeah. Reiki woke me up to my soul and helped me realize that there is more to this life than just surviving. Yes. And not being here. There's more to this. Yes. There can be joy here. There can be bliss here. Mm -hmm. Um, Just open the possibility for, happiness and like I guess for lack of a better term like a good life like I never thought that I was worthy or capable of having a good life that I enjoyed living and now I fucking love my life I wouldn't trade it for the world I love that and I just like that just hurts my heart so much to to know that you felt that way um Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad that you had I guess like I don't know, something happened to bring you to this point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Um, I don't like, you know, like, so there's a saying like grief or trauma or things break you open to let the light in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I like that, but I want to make sure that's not along the same lights of like, oh, that's why the bad stuff happen that's not why it happened the bad stuff happened because it just happened and it's fucked up mm-hmm. but my healing I wouldn't trade that for the world yeah. the, the opportunity to heal I wouldn't trade that for the world yeah. and starting you know healing you know I thought I was starting to heal just about being scared that I was gonna be murdered and I realized I was actually in a lot of pain just mm-hmm. you know in other parts of my life and really I could heal it and that I can love my life and I do love my life now I'm so glad and I'm just I'm so thankful for you and I I feel like I had I I've always had this thought in the back of my mind like this can't be all there is right like we can't just I've never seen the movie but I reference it all the time like Groundhog Day Like this can't be all it is, right? Like we can't be put on earth just to wake up and struggle and scrape and go to sleep and wake up and, and put it on repeat. Like that, that can't Mm -hmm. be all there is. And that's when I started Mm -hmm. thinking like, that's when just my mindset shifts started. And I don't even think I realized it at that moment in time. And that was really probably like 
May or June of 2020. And I was, and I remember I was in my son's room. I was working and I remember just looking and going, this can't fucking be all there is, right? Like, this is not what I want to Mm -hmm. show my son. And, Mm -hmm. and I think too, like, I'm just like, we're, we're capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And we just have to be open, open to possibility. We have to be like, yeah curious without judgment. Like we just, we just have to like act with like our heart. And I mean, that that's brought me to a different level Mm -hmm. in terms of just my self-awareness. I mean, that's brought me to move to a state that Mm -hmm. I never even set foot in. And that was all my Mm -hmm. idea. And I just think we have to make the decision to not be scared about the things that we don't know. Because we already know mm-hmm. what we know. And it's like, and if this is sucking, then why not be open-minded and open-hearted to something different? Mm-hmm. So Yes. And to go with things that we know, that we just know deep in our souls and our cells, like sometimes you just know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your soul. That's yeah. your soul leading you. Because I think like what you mentioned earlier is like, like logically it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've mm-hmm. all been so conditioned to think that it has to make sense from a logical perspective. It yes. has to make sense. But I'm like, yes. what if, what if we chose to believe that it doesn't just what mm-hmm. if, you know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. just, again, just really being open-minded yeah. to like, what if the way I've thought isn't the way that I always need to think? Yeah you know working yeah working with people um who don't believe in reiki or have doubts about it are actually my favorite kind of clients to work with because i was there too i didn't believe it at all um but obviously there was something in me that said yeah give it a shot and it changed my life so if you are listening to this and you're kind of like that sounds like bullshit, but i'm curious um, explore your curiosity. Exactly. And see why it's there. Exactly. And that's what I love about kids is that they're just curious because they want to understand. Yes, they've been less conditioned than we have. They haven't, they haven't had to stifle as much yeah. as we had. That's also, you know, children are, um, usually very intuitive too. There's a lot of like psychic kids, um, that are very, very young and kind of lose it when they get older it's because they're conditioned to be you know focus more on the material world um than the energetic spiritual world yeah um so yeah it's all about conditioning and language and how we think about things um so yeah and trauma can really affect the way we think about things oh yeah i mean i you, you Newness like, is very hard for trauma survivors. New things, unfamiliar things are huh? scary. That's normal and Reiki isn't scary, I promise. Well, and, and I mean, and that's what I realized when I was like in an emotionally abusive relationship. I was like, this sucks and I feel like shit. I'm like, why am I here? And then I had a realization. I was like, oh, because this feels similar to what I experienced with my mom. And even though it doesn't make me feel good, it is comfortable and it's comfortable because it's familiar. And, and it it was once I realized that I was like, oh, okay, well F this, I'm not doing this anymore. And it's like, I 
had a different level of self-awareness, you know? Yep. This, yeah. Like, that's it's an awakening. Yeah. We talk about spiritual <clears throat> awakenings. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to give you the last couple of minutes while I plug in my laptop because my battery is like, hello, it's going to go to sleep soon. Um, I want to give you these last couple of minutes to let people know like where they can follow you and how they can, um, you know, work with you. So if you want to keep up with me on Instagram, my name is Soul Science Guidance. Um, there's dots in between the letters. Can follow me there. Um, I also host free Reiki sessions at the end of every month. So if you're curious about trying Reiki, not really sure, um, you can come try it for free with me. Also, of course, work privately with people. So one-on-one -on -one Reiki sessions, um, they're all over Zoom in the comfort of your own space. And I teach from a really trauma-informed perspective. So that means you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> you don't have to be frozen and meditating while we're doing this. You can even get off a Zoom call and go watch Real Housewives if you want. It really doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, so, you know, we can make it work for you. And if you're curious about learning more about your energy and connecting with your soul and kind of zooming out of your human experience and your trauma and looking at your life from your soul's perspective and seeing yourself as separate from the human identity that you know, coming out with me. Thank you so much for being here. I will I will link your your Instagram so that people can contact you and follow you. Um, so. I highly encourage you if you're listening to to work with Annalise. Like if you were curious, like she said, just pay attention to that curiosity. That curiosity is there for a reason. And I have I have labeled myself like a curiosity coach because I feel like I have really done the most growth. I've experienced the most growth in just simply being curious about life and myself. And so I'm a huge advocate of that. And if there's just something that's like, huh, I wonder what that is. Just like do it. So I love this conversation with Annalise so much. And I also love that we can talk about really deep and heavy and introspective things, but we can also talk about how attractive Shamar Moore is and how he never seems to age. And Shamar, if you're listening, you know, if, if I can be maybe a backup baby girl, I, I may consider that I just have to check with my husband anyway. Um, I hope you come away from this conversation. One, just having a, a greater understanding and appreciation for, I guess these, these, really intense crimes that many of us only hear about um, and what goes into those stories when we read about them or see them on TV and really understand at a deeper level how even if the crime is is done, how it can continue to impact those families and the people that cared about those victims that um, may no longer be here. As I said, I hadn't known anyone that had been so close to this type of experience. And so learning about it just gave me a different 
a different perspective on things. And I also hope that you walk away with a greater understanding of what Reiki is. And if that is something that you are curious about and would like to learn more about, I encourage you to follow Annalise on Instagram. Her handle is soul.science.guidance. And as she mentioned, she has free community sessions. You can also work with her one-on-one or, you know, if there's someone local and you know of them and their Reiki practice and you want to reach out to them, then I encourage you to do it. As I said earlier, you know, I, I think people have different comfort levels with different things. And I understand that Reiki may not be for everyone, but if it is something that you are curious about, you want to learn more about, maybe you just want to give that experience a try, then do it. And if you think like Annalise and I did that it's bullshit and that it's woo woo, then don't do it. It's all fine. We are just all here to help support each other in wherever we're at in life and whatever it is that we're doing. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And as I always say, I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. I know that so many of us have such limitations, have so many limitations on our free time. And I do feel very blessed that you are choosing to spend some of that with me. So thank you very much. If you have a story that you would like to share with me, or you have a friend that you know has a good story and you want to encourage them to share their story with me, you can find me on Instagram at Awaken the Extraordinary. You can send me an email, K-R-I-S-T-I, Christy at awakentheextraordinary.com. And I would love to have you on, or I would love to have your friend on. I feel like we learn the most from people that are relatable to us. And while I am inspired and encouraged by all those podcasts, interviewing celebrities, I look at my life and it doesn't really consist of celebrities, but I feel like I've, uh, I've done a lot of growth and been encouraged and inspired by people that are just like me, just living their lives to the best of their abilities. And if you are one of those people that want to share your story with other people in the hopes of encouraging them, motivating them, inspiring them, even entertaining them, I am here for it. Thank you again so much for your time. And I will talk with you soon.